0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Why? Why did Jerusalem stone and kill the prophets God sent to them? It's simple, really. They didn't like the message, so they killed the messenger. Being a prophet may sound like a cool job, but not really. Life was rough. You were sent by God to speak tough words. And if they had life insurance back then and you listed profit as your job, you would probably be declined for a policy. Very few were the prophets who died of old age. We heard an example of all this today from the book of Jeremiah. God sent Jeremiah to the people to call them to repentance But also to tell them that since they had refused to repent, God was going to discipline them. An enemy was going to come in, defeat them in battle, and leave the city of Jerusalem desolate, without inhabitant. So the people who heard him in the temple, who heard him speak these words, surrounded Jeremiah and were going to kill him. They didn't like the message, so kill the messenger. And this is just one example. There were countless others. For then, as now, no one likes to be called to repentance. No one likes to be told they're wrong or thinking wrongly or living wrongly. I don't. And when that happens, what often happens next? We dig in our heels. We strike back. We accuse those who are accusing us. We deny. We defend ourselves. Justify ourselves. But repent? Change? No thank you. I'd really rather not do that. So you might think, then, that Lent must be a really unpopular season with its strong call to repentance. But it's not. There are so many people who, though not very religious, will still give up something for Lent. Which seems odd, doesn't it, if we don't like to repent? Ah, but you see, that's exactly why so many do it. They're not repenting. They're using Lent to atone for their own sins by giving something up rather than repenting. It's a substitute, but a rather poor one. The same thing is true, I think, when people make promises to God to get better, to do better. I'll pray more, give more, help more, love more, hug more, repent. No, repent more. I won't do that. Because that's what we're trying to avoid, right? This is another poor kind of substitute for repenting. To try to atone for your sins, not by giving something up, but by doing good things. But that doesn't work either. And then there are those who are publicly apologizing these days for all kinds of things for what our country has done, for the way we were raised, for oppression, for slavery, for inequality, for what else? But this too is usually not repentance when this is an apology for what others have done or a general situation or how we might wish things were different. This, too, is a part of Jesus's, and you would not, you would not repent. For repentance, rather, is to say, I am a poor, miserable sinner. It's not anyone else's fault. I cannot give up my way out of it. I cannot good my way out of it. There is, in fact, nothing I can do about it. And for my sins against God and against others, I deserve to die. Now and forever. Period. That's rough. But there's no substitute for this. Not because we have a God who is a mean tyrant and who only wants to humiliate us and subjugate us. But because we have a loving God who wants to forgive us. Who wants to gather us together under his wings of forgiveness. And give us life. And so God sent his prophets to call people, to call us to repentance. For a loving God will do no less. Not because he just wants you to to do something that you really don't want to do but because he wants you to receive something that you really need to receive. Forgiveness. If there was any other way, you can be sure we'd do it. We would try. We'd run all over the barnyard, trying this, trying that, ignoring the call of the mother hen to hide under her wings. All the while, the satanic hawk is circling above with sharp And ready talons looking for a tasty meal. The chicks oblivious to the danger until it is too late. So it was with the people in Jeremiah's day and the people in Jesus' day too. They were saying, things are just fine, Jeremiah. And we were doing just fine without you, Jesus. We've got it. We're handling it. In fact, it's only been a trouble since you've come along and upset the apple cart. You're the problem, not us. Yet with each call, they refuse. With each warning, they ignore. With each messenger, they stone and kill. The satanic hawk is getting closer and closer. Refusing to repent... It's only hurting yourself. Jesus sees through the danger. Everything's not fine. That's why he sent the prophets. That's why he's there. And that's why his words of sadness today for the people of Jerusalem. And how about you and your life? Your old sins, your new sins, your stubborn sins, your don't like God's word and so go your own way sins. Do you strike back? Accuse? Deny? Try to defend and justify what you do? And You don't even see the satanic hawk, do you? Or maybe you do, but you think, oh, he won't get me. He'll snatch somebody else. I'll, I'll be fine. But There's only one safe place to be. And that is under the wings of Jesus' forgiveness. Only his forgiveness can pardon the condemnation of our sin. Only his resurrection can overcome the death that is going to overcome each of us. And only by him allowing the satanic hawk to sink his talons into him are we safe. Or as we sang in the intro today, the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Your reproach, your condemnation, your death given to him. That his praise, his victory, his life be given to you. You who hide under his forgiving wings. Jeremiah told the people that if they killed him, they would bring innocent blood upon themselves. They would be called to account. But when the Son of God laid down his life on the cross, it was exactly so that his innocent blood would be put on us. Blood not of condemnation, but blood of atonement. So, when we would not, when we avoid repentance, we are really avoiding the blood that washes away our sin. The forgiveness we need. The forgiveness the Father wants to give us so much that He sent His Son to die on that cross. And the Son, the forgiveness Jesus wants to give us so much. That he would do that for you. And you would not? Makes no sense, does it? So the Apostle Paul said this. Remember this. Remember that your citizenship is in heaven. If you forget that and think that you belong here, in this world and life, then you'll live like it. You'll live with your mind set on earthly things. You'll try to guard and protect your stuff here, your life and honor here, and find your joy and satisfaction here. And instead of repenting, you'll do whatever advances that for you here. But what if it's not all about here? What if there's more? What if Jesus really did rise from the dead and promise us the same? And what if that's yours when you hide under the wings of Jesus' forgiveness? Then our stuff here, our life and honor here isn't as important. And our joy and satisfaction comes not from here, but from Jesus and the citizenship he has provided for us in a kingdom that has no end. Well, that's a different perspective, isn't it? One, it seems to me, that makes repentance easier. Not easy, but easier. Or think of it this way, if your citizenship is in heaven, as Paul said, then the church is like a colony here of heaven. An outpost of forgiveness and life in the midst of a world of sin and death. That means we shouldn't expect life to be easy. We're surrounded by sin and the consequences of sin, by pain and suffering and evil, by sadness and death. And yet in the midst of all this, not immune from all this, but in the midst of all this, We are protected under the refuge of our Savior's wings. We're hurt, but we're not harmed. We're killed, but our life is not taken away. We're sad, yet still joyful. Because this is not all there is. We are a colony here and now, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, Paul says, from heaven, we await a savior. And the transformation that will take place on the last day when our lowly bodies, our hurting bodies, our rebellious bodies, our diseased and dying bodies are transformed to be like his glorious body. The people in Jeremiah's day and in Jesus' day too You know, they thought of the temple as their sanctuary, and Jerusalem was their sanctuary city. And in those, nothing could harm them, they thought. But no, both Jeremiah and Jesus said. Rather, Jesus is the sanctuary. In him, under his wings, we are safe. You see, what made the temple a sanctuary in Jerusalem a sanctuary city was not the building or the city, but the one who dwelled in them. The gracious God who was there to forgive. The gracious God who has now come in the flesh of Jesus. And so it's in him that we're safe. No matter the city, no matter the country, no matter whether we're alive or dead. Jesus' reign and power and authority are over all. So baptized into Christ, you are a citizen of heaven, though living in this colony now. And the spirit given to you in those waters is working in you to repent and rely not on yourself or what you give up or what you do, but on the protecting wings of Jesus' forgiveness. And he leads you here to this altar to receive that innocent blood shed for you to give you the life you need. And so here at this altar, you sing, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord for you see him here by faith. His body and blood in this bread and wine. And so also given all this, you will give. For rather than try to guard and protect your stuff here and your life and honor here and your joy and satisfaction here and do whatever advances this all here. You'll give this for others. Because why not? Because you really have something more than this. That makes all this pale in comparison you have a glorious savior who is going to glorify you so repent that's a good thing and yes it's exactly what I'd like to do and need to do for it is the truth is my life Receiving my life from my Jesus. No substitutes. Just forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.